Hello there. Welcome to the Good Life with Dawn Richards. This is Dawn Richards, your host, and I'm so happy to have you here. Happy 2020. You know, this is my first podcast for the new year. I'm excited to be back with you. It has been a little while, so I do pray that you are taking all that we've talked about with regards to intentional living over the last while and really applying it to your new year and seeing the results that um, definitely can come about from that way of living and thinking and and um, just maneuvering through life. I know I myself am always endeavoring to be more intentional and it's so um, you know funny to me in a sense that I now am so in tuned with this way of thinking and living since God really placed this on my heart um, last year that I'm very keen to notice um, anything that to me kind of correlates with what we've been sharing on this front. And I'm hearing and seeing more and more people acknowledge that they want to be more intentional about their lives. So with that, we are not going to let up. We're going to continue. And it's so funny because I thought to myself, man, everything could really almost fall under the category of intentional living. I am going to continue formally the series um, again today with episode 23 and our message for today. And we'll see, you know, how much longer the formal series continues, but um, whether it's, you know, me coming back on occasion with more messages under this series, or if it's just kind of an ongoing theme, I really don't know that because it's really a way of living that there's anything that doesn't come under this category. The more I think about it every time I prepare to share um, on the podcast and to share what God has given me, I feel like it falls under intentional living. So there you go. Um, But yeah, it's so good to be back with you. I have um, had a good start to the new year and I'm looking forward to obviously this being the best year yet. As we always say, every year I decree and declare is my best year yet. And you should be doing the same. We we talked about taking control of our lives. And one key avenue we talked about was through our words. The other was through our thought life. Um, So you have to be intentional, as we've talked about, about speaking and decreeing and declaring the truth of God's word and what you really desire to come to pass in your life over your life consistently, not just once, not just twice, but consistently because inconsistency lies the power and ultimately your breakthrough. So with that, are you ready to know what we're going to talk about today? That's my attempt at a drum roll. I'm excited because this could be um, more apropos for kind of kicking off a new year. I know we're in February um, and I got tickled because so many people were talking about how they felt like January was the longest January ever. They felt like it was 5,000 days long. <laughs> I don't know that I felt that way necessarily, but um, regardless of whether I did or didn't, the fact remains that we are here in February in the land of the living, which is a blessing. And we're going to talk about boldness today. I don't know if that'll be the formal title. I may jazz it up a little when I publish this um, episode, but the essence of our message today is around boldness because, you know, it takes boldness to walk with God, to walk in the things of God, to lay hold of your inheritance in God. And that is really where I'm coming from today from the topic of boldness, because I myself have been um, having to stand and really, 
you know, take everything that I know and believe and trust in about faith and about God's word and God's faithfulness and his power, his truth and wield it like a sword. Um, as the Bible says, you know, the word of God is a sword of the spirit and really hold my ground, uh, in Christ and in what he's promised to me and about my life. And that takes boldness. You know, when you could easily cower, you could easily fall back. You could easily say, oh, I don't know if I'm up for this. You know, uh, the, you know, the enemy seems like he's in, in that has no place in the life of a champion that has no place in the life of an ultimate believer. But here is the good news. Being bold is your birthright. Being bold is your inheritance. And how am I able to say that? Because the Bible says it. The Bible tells us who we are. Whenever you really want to know who you are, you've got to go to the word of God to establish your identity. Social media does not define you. CNN does not define you. What your family even says about you, your friends, your circle, your network, you know, your posse, they don't define you. What you have to say about you that does not align to God's word should not define you. You should be deciphering and judging every thought as we talked about before against the truth of God's word. And if it doesn't line up with God's word, then it should be cast down. It should be discarded. Um, and we should only be signing for those packages that actually belong to us based on God's word. And it's all good. Let me tell you, it's all good. The Bible says God is coming back for a church without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. Meaning we're going to have our act together. We're going to be winning, not defeated, not over in the corner saying, oh, devil, please stop. Don't will you stop, Mr. Devil? Don't. Oh, no, no, no. Ruling and reigning till the end and then beyond. Glory be to God. So I want to get you stirred up right now so that you take this spirit of boldness not only through the rest of this year but through the rest of your life so that when you have to stand and as you stand you know that you've got what it takes to claim and to walk in the manifested blessings and victory of God because God's word is true and every other man is a lie that disagrees and tries to contradict it when you're on God's side you're on the winning side the victory side and so today we're going to look at what the word has to say. And I'm just going to encourage you in this um, so that you are intentionally bold. You are intentionally owning your days and your weeks and your months and your year. And you're owning your life and not allowing life to just happen to you. No, you happen on life. Life doesn't happen to you and on you. You control that. And God teaches us exactly how. And it starts with who we are. And then it funnels into what we do and how we express who we are. Glory be to God. So it starts internally, as all good things do, and bad things even. Everything starts with the seed. And we are looking at the incorruptible seed of the word of God. You don't get a bushel of dandelions or a bushel of roses or even a bushel of collard greens before you plant that what? Seed. And so you should always consider your heart as the soil the Bible teaches us throughout and God's word as the seed. And I am, as Mark 4 talks about, the sower who comes along and sows the seed of God's word. And so that's what I'm doing today. I am sowing the seed of God's word into the soil of your heart 
And I pray and believe that you have the ears to hear it, receive it, and run with it. Glory to God. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Proverbs 28. We're going to start in Proverbs 28. If you don't have your Bible, it's okay. You can take notes. You can always come back. Um, the broadcast, the podcast is always available for you to listen to again and again. I encourage that. I encourage you to download it. I encourage you to share it with your friends and family, have dinner parties around it, study sessions around it. When you're working out, when you're driving along in your car, you know, plug in, make good use of your time, be a good steward over your time. The Bible says, redeem the time because the days are evil. So if you have your Bible we're in Proverbs 28. If not, just listen along and you can always refer back later. But in Proverbs 28, verse 1, it makes a stark distinction here and it lets us know why we can always flow boldly. It says there that the wicked flee when no man pursues. Just imagine that. You're running and nobody's even after you. That's the life of the wicked. That's the life of someone who is not flowing and walking with God, has not acknowledged Jesus as their Lord and Savior, is opposed to God, is opposed to the ways of God, the life of God. But it says the righteous are bold as a lion. Now, if you, like me, identify yourself as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, according to Romans 5 and 17, I believe, then you can boldly say, I'm bold. Not based on how you feel, because again, feelings have very little to do with our ultimate stance in Christ and the reality of what God has called us to. Oftentimes, your feelings will contradict the fact that you're even righteous. Your feelings may be saying, how dare you say you're righteous? After the way you behaved, after what you said, after what you did, after what you didn't do. But the word of God, the truth of God says, I'm not righteous because of me, but I'm righteous because of Christ. And his righteousness is my righteousness because he gifted it to me. Glory to God. And so as the righteousness of God, God has already labeled me. He says, I'm bold. Not weak. Not a wimp. Not a punk. Not a scaredy cat, not someone who cowers and falls back in the face of adversity or hard things or um, life in general, but a person who is bold as a lion. And just think about that. He said, he could have just said, you're bold. He could have just said, you know, the righteous are bold and the wicked flee when no man pursues. But he went on to make it very clear the kind of boldness he was talking about. And he said, we're bold as a lion. Now, we all know that the lion is what? The king of the jungle. In fact, the Lord himself calls himself the lion of the tribe of Judah. He likens himself to a lion, the great lion, and he calls us, his people, bold as a lion. Lions don't flinch. Lions don't cower down. Lions don't retreat in the face of adversity. Lions hold their ground, hold their own, possess their land, and reign as kings in their territory. And that is who we are and who we've been called to be and what we've been called to do. 
And so we will be bold because that's who we are. That's our birthright. We can't help it. Glory be to God. It's the favor of God. It's a gift from God. Because we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I want to encourage you to begin to speak that into your life. I want you to begin to daily acknowledge the fact out loud that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When you're tempted to step outside of something that God's word is talking to us about, even as you're doing it, go ahead and declare that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that power of righteousness is working in you. And it will manifest changes in your life, in your desires, in your disposition. Glory be to God. So we have the shield of, of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. Our feet are shod the preparation of the gospel of peace. We have the belt of truth and the sword of the spirit. What is that? That's our armor. Glory be to God, according to Ephesians 6. That's the armor of a believer. And we're not going to lay it down for anyone or anything. We, the righteous, are bold. Begin to see yourself in that light, in alignment with the truth of God. Because that is who you are. And when you know who you are, then it's so much easier to be who you are. It's so much easier to go beyond the feelings that tell you differently or the circumstances that challenge that or the situations that come to threaten that because you know who you are and who you are can never change. The circumstances around may try to contradict it, but the ultimate truth of who you are will never change. And so the Bible starts to talk to us about these things because God has not created us to smile at the promises, laugh about the promises, sing the promises, have tea over the promises, but never possess the promises. No, God has called us to absolutely walk in, wear, manifest, broadcast, proclaim, testify to a lost and dying world, his fullness of his glory. And he says it doesn't come passively, as I was just alluding to. It's not going to come because you think it's a great idea or you wish it were that way. You know, sometimes we have too much wishbone and not enough backbone. And so what we're talking about here is going to require some backbone. It's going to require some effort, first and foremost, to renew our minds and to build up our consciousness on who we are as the righteousness of God and the bold men and women of God that he's created us to be. And then we're going to put those gears in motion. And it tells us in Matthew eleven twelve what that looks like. So once again, if you're with me in the scripture, let's go over to Matthew chapter 11. In verse 12. And there the Lord makes it very clear that we have a responsibility here. We have a part. Jesus has obtained. You hear me say this all the time. 
God is not calling you to go out and defeat the devil. He's already defeated. Glory be to God. He's not calling you to go out and save yourself. Jesus has already saved you if you believe and you receive it. In other words, Jesus has already done the hard thing that no one else can do. He is the spotless lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He is the only person that was born into this earth realm that was up for the task of living a sinless, spotless life to redeem mankind from the authority of darkness back into the kingdom of God's dear son. And he did it successfully, the end. So now that he has obtained the victory, where do we come in? What is our part? As I've always said and continue to say, it's to maintain the victory. So it's like someone coming and handing you a $100 bill. And they say, you know what? I worked today and this was my tip. And now I'm giving it to you. And they place it in your hand. They place it in your hand and they say, it's yours. Did they ask you to go back and work and do the work they did to get the $100? No, they've already done that. They've already obtained the $100 and given it to you. And now what you're called to do is to maintain it until it's ready to be spent. Until you decide, okay, I'm going to spend $20 on, you know, some dinner. Or I'm going to spend, you know, um, this much on my tithes. Hey, I got you, right? <laughs> $10 on my tithes. I'm going to spend this much maybe to put some gas in my car so I can go to and for whatever that looks like. You've not been asked to go back and repeat and try to earn that over. No, it's yours. It's been given to you. It's yours. It's yours. And in the same way, in the same vein, the victory that Jesus has obtained for us is ours. Facts. There's nothing that can change it. It's how it is. Thank God. And so now we're stewards of that. We watch over that. We, we are wise and judicious in how we maintain and guard, guard and, and navigate those things that have been entrusted to us and endued unto us as heirs of God and joint heirs of Christ Jesus. And so... That takes some effort sometimes because we still have an enemy on the loose. Yes, he's been defeated. Yes, his teeth have been pulled, so to speak. The Bible says in Peter that he roams about as a roaring lion. See, he wants to be a lion. Everything that we are, Satan wants to be. He's the biggest hater there ever was, but he can't. And so he's just biding his time and he hates the people of God because of who we are, because we have everything that he wants. We are kings and priests. We are divine and of the God class. We will rule and reign forever with God and Christ Jesus. We can use our words to speak and create and bring heaven to pass in, on earth and to keep him underfoot. All those things. So he perpetrates and only those who don't know who they are in Christ fall for the okie doke. But that will not be you or me because God has given us his truth, his word, his light, revelation, help from the Holy Spirit to know and to fully walk in, claim, manifest, and listen at this, benefit from, glory to God, what is rightfully ours in Christ Jesus.
So, we have to, as Matthew eleven twelve teaches us, shore up. And here it says, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. Did you hear that? It says the kingdom of God is suffering violence. It's suffering men and women who are coming after what belongs to them. With no apologies. With no hint of receding or backing down from their God-given rights in this earth. And they're doing it by force. Glory be to God. It didn't say they're doing it by keeping their mouths shut and a wishing and a praying and a hoping and relying on somebody else to do it for them. The pastor, the mom, the dad, the best friend, the husband, the wife. No, it says they are taking it by force. Glory to God. It's personal. And we've all got a part, but as long as everybody plays their part, then we will always get to where we need to be as the body of Christ and in our personal walk with the Lord. Because see, I do need you. Contrary to what the world would have you believe, you do need other people. We do need each other. No man is an island. It's true. In fact, Proverbs says that the recluse, the the recluse, the person who is basically isolated off with no Godly inter interaction and engagement with others, they suffer delusion because they only have their own thoughts to go on. There's no light coming in, and that's the devil's playground. So, we absolutely need one another, we absolutely need to all be taking charge of our part in the work of God in these last days in this earth with our individual gifts and talents and let it rip. No holes barred because he says here, the violent take it by force. In other words, nothing just happens. And I think sometimes that can be one of the biggest illusions that many believers face and they embrace. Well, if God really wanted me to be healed, I would be healed already. If God really wanted me to have a, a nice home and a nice car and friends, and he, then that would have, it'll just happen. No, you know, I think I talked in very small measure about this in a previous message, but there's this mentality and this phraseology that people have that if it's meant to be, it's up to me or you know, what will be, will be. Que sarah, sarah. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Because the Bible, just listen at me for a minute. Listen at this reasoning from the word. The Bible clearly tells us that God would have all men to be saved. That is the will of God. The will of God is for all men to be saved. He didn't pick out one, two, three, and say, okay, you all, I want y'all to be saved and everybody else, you can go to hell. <laughs> no, God has never willed that. Nor will he ever will that. And he's doing everything in his power through his body, you and me in this earth, to make sure that all men hear the gospel and know that there is an eternity in Christ versus an eternity of damnation in hell. But do you know the fact that 
everybody won't be saved? Facts. Why is that? Is it because it's not God's will? Absolutely not. It's because we have a part to play as free moral agents and how we respond to the revealed will of God. God has revealed to us that it is his will for all men to be saved. But what we do with that, how we respond to that is on us. And so some say, I receive it. Amen. That's for me. I'll have that. Praise the Lord. While others reject. And for those who reject, whether it's ultimate salvation or healing after they are born again, financial prosperity, divine protection, authority over the enemy, on and on and on, determines where you fall in experiencing the benefits and the blessings of God. Is it your birthright? Absolutely, always, forever, the end. Jesus obtained it, put your name on it, handed it to you. But what you do in response to that is going to determine how much of that is a reality in your life. So I hope I'm making sense. Nothing just happens. Nothing small just happens. Nothing major just happens. Because even for you to have been born again, I want you to think back. And I'm praying that everybody that's born again can remember that moment in time. If you can't remember any other moment, you should be able to remember that moment. And how you had to actively respond to the wooing of the Holy Spirit. To the invitation to give your heart to Jesus. To the knowing on the inside that that was indeed the right thing to do. And out of your action, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, we believe in our heart. That was number one. That was the first response. And we confess with our mouth, number two, that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so there was, in fact, action, response. Violent faith, so to speak. Ultimately here, we're talking about our faith in motion. That is what empowers us to be bold. And that's what boldness looks like. Boldness is not necessarily talking loudly and raising your voice. It can be on at times and sometimes that is needed, especially when you're speaking in the spirit realm and you're reminding that defeated foe that he's under your feet. But it can be a small whisper under your breath with all the authority of heaven in your spirit and get the exact results because it's your birthright. In either case, a response, action, faith is required. The violent, the violent in faith, if I had to say it, take it by force. So the next time you are facing something in your life, whether it's just a desire, whether it's standing against an attack from the enemy, whether, you know, it's thinking about your future, whatever that looks like, 
remember that you have a part to play. And we must know our part. Our part is not to go earn the $100 to obtain the victory. You already have the victory. So you're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from victory. But it's almost like you're calling it in. The Bible says we call those things that be not as though there were, as though they were. You're just bringing it from the spirit realm into the natural realm through faith and patience. The Bible says we inherit the promises of God through faith and patience. What does that mean? Faith and consistent, constant, intentional action. That action is likely going to be speaking what God has said about the situation. Keeping your heart full of his word on the situation. And being consistent to do it as long as it takes until it rests securely in your lap. So if God has said with the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. Then you're not going to let up on that until the healing is fully manifested in your life. You're not going to tell time and say, well, if God really wanted me to be healed, I would have been healed already. If God really wanted me to have a happy marriage, I'd be married already. If God really wanted me to get this wonderful promotion, I would have it already. No, you've got to cast that down and just stick with what God has promised. Stick with the good report. Don't let time on a clock throw you off. And I'm speaking from experience because it can be so tempting to look at the clock, you know, especially as women, the world likes to tout our biological clock is ticking. Well, honey, I don't think anybody gave that memo to Sarah when she was in her nineties and she gave birth to her baby boy. And I'm not saying that anybody in their nineties wants to have a baby, but what I am saying is all things are possible with God and he hasn't placed a time limit on it. In fact, the Bible says faith is now it says now faith. It's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So faith brings it into the now. It is real. It is true. It is yours. It does exist. Faith is the evidence of that. And now we're going to walk it out until it's manifested in this physical realm. Because you know there's more to life existence than what you can see and perceive with your physical eyes. I know you know that because you can't see the brain matter that's in your head, but you believe you got a brain. You know, you got a brain because what you're speaking, you're moving, you're functioning, your body's in alignment. You can't see the radio waves that are out causing us to get transmission that gives us TV and radio and, and broadband and all these things. But you know, it exists. Why? Because you see the results of it. And so we're talking about results. Glory to God. It's already been done. We're just talking about the results and the manifestation in our lives and being bold in our faith, being bold as a lion in the face of any and everything that would tell us, no, that's not going to happen for you. No, you can't have that. No, God is not, does not want that for you. The devil is a liar. And that's why we have to know what God says about us. We've got to know what the word of God has said to us about us and is made available for us. If you are spiritually and biblically illiterate, the devil will eat your lunch guaranteed. Because when he came against Jesus, Jesus didn't mess around with him. He didn't play games. He didn't even break a sweat. He looked at him like, fool, it is written. Mm-hmm, and it is written. Oh, yeah, and it's written. Go check out Matthew 4. And you know what the devil did? He had to flee because he was whipped. And the Bible tells us if we 
submit to God, meaning we submit to the truth of his word, what he said about us, who we are. We're bold as lions. What we have, all things in Christ Jesus as the righteousness of God. And we resist the devil with our faith. He will flee. Not might, not maybe, not if he feels like it. He will. He must. And you've got to get, if you're not there already, in that place. And play no games. That's the good life. Glory to God. That's what God wants for us. And so he wants us to be stirred up right now at the very beginning of this year. So that we are in position to win and win some more and win some more and win some more. Hallelujah. That's what a loving father wants for his children. And God would never, ever want anything less for you. So we've established that we are bold. I don't care how you feel. I don't care if you feel like the weakest thing going. You're bold. In fact, the Bible says what? Let the weak say I am strong. See, when you feel weak, that's when you better say you're strong. He says, let the poor say that I am what? Rich. Oh, baby girl, baby boy, I, I, I beg you to say that you are rich and never, ever call yourself broke poor or any of those disgusting things yes they are disgusting because they're under the curse and Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law Galatians 3 13 so you must say what God has said about you believe it and stick with it violently take it by force no passivity no laziness no phone a friend over here now. No, we don't have time for that. You can phone a friend as long as you're already ready and you're just calling them to get an agreement. And yes, there are times when we need encouragement. Yes, there are times when we need to build one another up. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you owning your part. And absolutely, sometimes the right hand has to help the left hand. Sometimes I have to scratch my own back. Or scratch someone else's back. That's life. That's community. That's the family of God. But I better already be accustomed to scratching my back. And knowing how to do it if I have to. If I'm left to my own devices. Bless the Lord. Because guess what? We didn't come to take sides. It's too late in the day for that. I did not come to take sides. You did not come to take sides. We came to take over. Glory to God. Are you kidding? We came to take over in the name of Jesus. The Bible says the glory of God will fill the earth. How do you think that's going to happen? First of all, let's just think about what the glory of God is. And it's at its most basic essence, the glory of God is the word of God manifested. So that means when God says you're healed, healing is manifested. When he says you're blessed and you're prosperous, that's manifested. When he says you're protected, that's manifested. When he says you have wisdom, that's manifested. When he says you have peace, that's manifested. And it fills the earth, hallelujah, through his 
body, which you and I are. We are the body of Christ in the earth. So we came to take over. We came to ensure that heaven reigns on earth. Not hell, but heaven. The Bible says that we will have days of heaven on the earth. It says we'll spend our days in prosperity and our years in pleasure. See, he has a plan for your days and he has a plan for your years. And they're all good. Glory to God. But you got to get to know him. You got to know what he said. You got to know what the promise is. You got to know what that $100 can, $100 can do for you before it will really have any true value in your life. If you have no clue when that $100 is placed in your hands, what it can ultimately do for you, what it can buy, what it can procure, what it can... Um, influence. What good is it? It's useless. But we're not those people. We're not dull, deceived, dumb, ignorant, blind, tuned out to who and what God is saying and doing in our lives and in this earth. No, we are plugged in all the way in because the violent take it by force. Glory to God. You know, Paul had to be bold. When I think about boldness, I think about Jesus. I think about Paul. I think about David. I think about all these great Mary, the mother of Jesus. I think about all these great men and women of old, of God of old. And they lived lives just like you and me. I think it's easy to put them in story format and think that, oh, that's a cute little story. But no, that was real. And Paul even said that he opened his mouth boldly to proclaim the gospel in the face of constant death threats and harassment and imprisonment and all those things that he went through to get the gospel out in the earth and finish his race and his course. He knew that he would have to be bold. Peter knew he would have to be bold. James knew. John knew. Thomas knew. Andrew knew, Philip knew, those first disciples and apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ are the reason you and I are here today, knowing God, worshiping God, celebrating God. And so will our lives be for those who come after us if the Lord should tarry his coming. I said to you the last time I believe it was that we were together that we've been called to serve our generation. I can't serve those generations gone by because they're gone. I don't know what's going to go down in the future generations, but I'm in my generation and I know that I have a calling for this generation. I have impact and anointing and gifts and talents that are waiting to be used and put on display right now in my generation. That testify to the realness, the power, the glory, the truth, the love, the grace of God. So, oh yes. We are bold. We are not passive. We're not weak. We don't cower back. But we go full speed ahead as the righteousness of God. In fact, the Bible says the righteous move onward and forward. And I like to add this upward. Hallelujah. But Paul had to open his mouth and boldly proclaim the word of God. 
He had to know who he was to be bold. And we have to know who we are. And in Daniel, the Bible tells us that those who know their God. See, that's where it starts. Everything starts with knowing him. Because we're in him. The Bible says in him we live. In him we move. And in him we have our very being. Brother Hagen wrote a book. It's a little mini book called In Him. I encourage you to buy it. And to see all the scriptures. He did the legwork for you. So all you got to do is go order it off the internet. And keep it. And study it. In fact, I'm going to go dig my copy up. And if I can't find it, I'm going to buy my own. I'm going to buy another one. But it, it capsulizes all the scriptures that tell us who we are in him. First and foremost, foundational. You must know that. And Daniel said to us, those who know their God, this is, who, this is what will happen for them. He said, they will be strong. Not weak. You could even fill in the blank bold. He said they will be strong and they will do mighty exploits. Does that sound like Matthew eleven twelve to you? The violent taking it by force and doing mighty exploits sounds pretty, pretty on par to me. If I was, if I had to judge. And it starts with knowing him. You've got to know the character of God so you can decipher what's of God and what's not. Because, yes, there are sheep and wolves in sheep's clothing, excuse me, that will do their absolute best to deceive you. And they're on assignment from their father, Satan. But we're on assignment from the father, God. Hallelujah. And greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world. So there's no competition there. But nonetheless, we must know it. Because once you know, you are absolutely empowered to go and to grow and to flow and to grow some more and to flow some more and to know some more. From glory to glory, faith to faith. Until... You go to meet the Lord. That is the way God has designed us to live as his children. As those he's lifted up out of the dunghill. And crowned with mercies. Tender mercies and loving kindness. You are crowned child of God. You have a crown on your head. An invisible crown. You are royalty. The Bible says we are a royal priesthood. A chosen generation. To show forth his praises. And so we're going to be bold as I prepare to close this session. We're going to focus on being bold in our decisions. And we're going to banish indecision. Once we know the will of God on the matter, we have what we need to be bold. We have what we need to act, to speak, to do. So indecision has no place. We're going to decide, yes, Lord, I agree with that. Yes, Lord, I will do that. I will obey. I will follow. I will take heed. 
And it doesn't mean we are going to be perfect. No. That's why we have the grace of God and the blood of Jesus. And we're already covered. And God knows our hearts. He truly knows our hearts. Now, some people say that as a cop out. And yeah, he does know your heart. That is stank and is rotten. That's for some that like to play religious games. But for the person that's truly sincere and in their heart of hearts really are trying to do and get it right with God and do those things that he, they believe God is calling them to. Mm-hmm. You have grace upon grace extended to you. And even sometimes when we do things that we know are wrong, we, we, we just show out. <laughs> God still gives us grace. Hallelujah. Otherwise, none of us would still be standing, right? We wouldn't have a prayer. And that's all thanks to the blood of Jesus. If the blood of Jesus wasn't here, the devil would lick us. But he can't because we overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So we're going to be bold in one, our decisions. We're going to be bold in our dreams. How about that? I want you to be bold in your dreams. You know, I, I, for as long as I can remember, I've always written down, written down my major goals and, and plans and prayers. Um, typically at the beginning of the new year, I've never really gotten into resolutions, but I definitely have gotten into writing down my visions and my desires and my plans and praying over them and lifting them up to God and just keeping them, um, you know, so I can nurture them as I go in prayer and in praise. And when you have those dreams, it gives God the blueprint to work with because ultimately I believe your dreams are really God's dreams for you. I believe they're dreams that God puts in our heart. Dreams for a family, dreams to be married, dreams to have children. You know, everybody doesn't have those desires. Did you know that? I meet women all the time and I'm always amazed because it's it's something that I've always desired. But there are other people who don't. God has given them a different dream. And God dreams big. Glory to God. And he says in Ephesians 3.20, he can do beyond your highest Thoughts, desires, prayers, and dreams. So if you think that you're going to tap out God, you're not able. You can't do it on your best day, sweetheart. He walks on gold. Let's just put it in perspective. (laughs) He walks on it. So you'll never best God with your big dreams. You won't scare him away. He will, you'll never find him on the throne going, Ooh, Jesus, Holy Ghost. Did you see what they asked for today? Oh my goodness, I don't know about that. I don't know if I can do it. You'll never get that. He says, I'm up for it. I will do exceeding abundantly beyond your highest. So turn on your dream machine. You're going to be bold in your dreams because it doesn't cost you anything. What does it cost you to dream? Nothing. So indulge, be bold. And I'm preaching to myself just as well as I'm preaching to you. And then finally, we're going to be bold in our faith. We're going to be bold in our faith because the Bible tells us that according 
to our faith, be it unto us. In other words, as you believe it, so shall it be. So if you're believing small, if you're believing timid, if you're believing weak, if you're believing defeated, so shall it be. But if you're believing all things are possible with God and I'm with God, so all things are possible for me. If you're believing God is for me, therefore, who can be against me? If you're believing I'm blessed and I cannot be cursed and on and on and on, be it unto you according to your faith. That's what they ain't. That's what the angel proclaimed to Mary when she was believing and she ultimately had the greatest miracle of all time, giving birth to the Messiah. who was conceived by the Holy Spirit without her knowing a man because his father is God. And I understand that it takes courage to be bold when you're facing those situations and circumstances and hard places and you may feel, be tempted to fear or to let go or to give up. I understand that you have to tap into courage. And so the next time I'm going to talk to us and share with you, I should say, some ways that you can build up your courage and keep your courage stirred up so that you can always walk in your boldness because you are that lion. You are bold. And I want you to start meditating on these on these scriptures and speaking it over yourself. Reminding yourself of who you are. See the real you. The real you is not the person that you look at when you look in the mirror. Did you know that you've never actually seen the real you with your physical eyes? You say, oh, why would you say something like that, Dawn? Because the real you is your spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And you live in a physical body. So the real you cannot be seen with natural eyes. But you can see yourself through God's word. In fact, the Bible says that his word is our mirror. And as we behold him, we become like him. And when he comes, we will be like him. Glory to God. It says, as he is, so are we. What? In the sweet by and by when we get to heaven? No, it says, so are we in this world. Right here, right now, on a Thursday evening in February, with the rain coming down outside, so are we in this world. All that he is, so are we. How is Jesus today? Is he depressed? No. Is he blessed? Yes. Is he ruling and reigning? Yes. Is he defeated? No. Is he fearful? No. Is he strong? Yes. Is he prosperous? Yes. 
full of joy. Yes. Hallelujah. So are we in this world. So shall we be. Henceforth now and forevermore. Because we have eternal redemption. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So we're going to talk about courage and how to stir up our courage because the Bible does give us some insights into that. But for now, you have your homework, you have your meditation, you have your encouragement to take with you, to meditate on, to replay, to ponder, to speak aloud. And to build yourself up in the name of Jesus. Great, great things are in store for you, child of God. I decree and declare this is your best year yet. The Lord is crowned this year with his goodness. He's crowned it with a bountiful harvest. And he makes all of his pathways, all of your pathways, drip and overflow with abundance. Receive that today. Be intentional about knowing who you are in Christ and your boldness in taking what rightfully belongs to you by force. And until next time, God bless you. And also remember to stay connected with me online and on social media. You can follow me on Instagram at Dawn Richards Men, Twitter Dawn Richards Men, Facebook Dawn Richards Ministries. And on my website at dawnrichards.org. So I, I want you to stay connected with me. And now, until next time, God bless you.